Yo, yo, my name is Young MC. I like to rhyme like spell. You just hit me on the mic. Bring the beat back. Anyway, I've forgotten it all now. <laughs> Dude, um, this episode even has rap. Pretty good back in the 80s. <laughs> I think you're going to have to take this one over. I got nothing to do to that. <laughs> SalesMarketingProfit.com Real world case studies, no theory, just real results. You're listening to SMP with James Schramko and Taki Moore. Episode 22, Sales Marketing Profit. This one is about the right fit. I'm James Schramko and welcome to my co-host, Taki Moore. Dude, you are so good at that intro. Well, Did just, you hear the intro on episode 21? Great episode. <laughs> I love that one. It's one of my seconds. favorites, actually. <laughs> I, I just I was kind of mucking around with what a professional intro might sound like. I was actually channeling my inner Pat Flynn. I loved how you put on your radio voice. Yeah. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's James Shramko here. Where this is salesmarketingprofit.com. <laughs> I do laugh at some of those podcasts where the intro is so cheesy that I think it must be a parody, and then I sadly realize it's not a parody, and they're actually legit serious. Yeah. Well. You know the ones? I know the ones. They shall remain nameless to protect them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. They may or may not involve elements of the earth. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so today we're talking about the right fit. What on earth could that be about? Flame on. All right. So I've got a client, Matt Coffey, as do you in a way. I think. Hey, he's a good dude. Yeah, he came to one of my events. He's a great guy. We both get a reference in this one. But I'll claim it anyway. I had him first. I think. <laughs> no, what happens is... Then he went to where it's at. That's all I'm saying. This pertains to the previous episode, 21, where we were essentially talking about joint ventures. Yeah. Matt's a good example of someone who has uh, cross-pollinated with your learnings and my learnings and is benefiting from the explosion of good stuff. Are you ready? Yep, let's do it. So talk to us. Why don't we intro the case study with what was going on with Matt at the start? What was the problem? What was going on? Well, he was uh, frustrated because he was having his focus challenges. You know, it's hard to stay on course and have a single strategy and to know if you're building your ladder onto the right house, he mentioned. You know, are you going the right direction? Is it sustainable? He's in a pretty dynamic market as well, which is in the search engine optimization market, a market Indeed. with which I'm well familiar so I can totally understand how it could be challenging. Totally get it. Yeah, focus is the hardest thing. I mean, the best part about working, you know, being your own boss is that you're completely free to do whatever you want. And the worst thing about being your own boss is that you're completely free to do whatever you want and no one tells you what to do, which can, you know, if you're not super good at self-direction, that could be quite hard for lots of people. My kid's better at focus than most adults. When we go to the bowling alley, he commands the bumpers to be put on. And what he's effectively done is he's directed all the energy of his ball towards the goal of knocking down the pins without the possible risk of losing focus and hanging out in the gutters. Ooh. So relate that to business. Well, I talk about setting tracks for your business. That is, Mm. decide where you want to get to. You might also call this bridge building. Decide where you want to get to and sort of vision it. Walk around that in your mind. And if we're talking train metaphor here, it's the platform. Walk around the platform. Make sure you're happy 
to get to that platform and then walk back down from where that is to where you are and you build tracks that your train can roll along and that is effectively setting filters and barriers to where you could possibly go. And the reality is you're really just going to move forwards, aren't you? And occasionally you'll get logs on the track as, as is life, you know, stop the train, get out, pull out the chainsaw, cut them up, get rid of them, hop back in the train and move forward. The whole point is... I've always been a plough through the logs regardless. Put one of those chainsaws on the front of my... You could, but you might damage the train. Oh, depends how tough your train is, but the, I digress. It's just unrealistic to think you'll have an unimpeded journey. You know, so, so I'm, putting in the, I'm just building the metaphor to be more lifelike. Completely. So what it means is if you've got a pretty good idea where you want to go, then you should sort of sure. build that pathway, like switching on the... Uh, a torch in a dark room, focus on what that torch is shining on, head towards that and ignore everything else. You've got to be able to switch off to put more energy into the things that you are switching on. Love that. That's so true. That's so true. The ability to focus on one thing and get it done is just key in this world. It's great. Right. So Cool. So that's his problem. He's like, he's unfocused. He's in a really kind of volatile industry with lots of movement and uh, he's having trouble kind of, you know, just figuring out if he's doing it right, if he's in the right direction, if it's kind of sustainable long term. Oh, and it hurts. I mean, trying to grow a business, you've got people, you've got processes. It's all easy on paper. But then the cost of doing stuff wrong, like hiring the wrong people, having people in the wrong jobs, pursuing down a strategy path that doesn't pan out, all of these things, you're trying to extrapolate the long-term you know, result like a chess game or, or um, snooker. Like you start moving the white ball in the wrong area, you can end up being snookered and it's expensive to buy your way out of that one. So not seeing the real path can actually totally limit you and uh, you end up in many cases, and it, it happened to Matt, he ended up getting caught with the wrong customers because he wasn't clear on what he was offering at this point. Totally. So wrong, wrong customers leads to all sorts of things, none of them good, right? Wrong fit. Yeah. And completely. if you buy, you know, you get a wrong fit jacket or, or heaven forbid you buy some boxer shorts that are a few sizes too small, <laughs> it's going to get to be an issue. I agree. Nothing like that. You've got this constant, yeah, you got this constant nagging of uh, wrong fit and it can be overwhelming. We talked about overwhelm in previous episodes as well. So uh, basically, at this point, he's realized that he's created himself a high-stress job and he wasn't the best boss and, and, mm. and that's being polite. Uh, you know, he was probably actually harder on himself than I would be. So he's working his butt off all day long to try and play catch-up, to fix things, which he wasn't even sure why they're broken. And, uh, you know, it's no better than the job he had before that, except that he created this mess for himself and it's uh, getting frustrating. And, and here's sort of the delusion with having your own business. The revenue numbers can be fantastic, but there's a cost. And I recently did an infographic about uh, when does work ethic cross over and become workaholism. A lot of people who are entrepreneurs... Yeah, I, watched it, I read it. ...are working far too much, like banging on about how amazingly great they are because they work 19 hours a day. Wow, you freaking legend. Amazing. You're so impressive. What cost does that have on your health? I actually got some stats on it, and it increases your chance of coronary heart attack significantly. Uh, so it's just not healthy to be in this situation. Have I painted a picture for you? Yeah, I'm getting the picture. I'm picking <laughs> you're feeling up me, bro? what you're putting down. <laughs> Oh, I like that one. 
So we had to do some frameworks. So he's making, you know, the, the revenue looks great, but there's a, a huge cost and he's got, uh, you know, like when you have wrong fit clients, you know, there's more complaints, there's way more support, there's collect, you know, billing and collections problems. There's just, it just gets, it's the opposite of flow. Everything is harder when, you've, when you're trying to do your best work with uh, people who aren't your best client. Yeah, it all gets hard. So he needed some frameworks totally. to get back into the right fit. Totally. So there were two things, or well, a couple of things. That one was the team, right? You've got to get your team to fit the business, and he had to switch to building a team offshore um, for ninety percent of his team, and that solved a lot of problems that were becoming logistical problems for him with with the, having labor in the United States. Yeah. It gave him better margins, gave him more legroom to grow without so much risk. And as you know, staff overheads can be very expensive. It's the single biggest cost of my business. Yeah, completely. Team wages. Pause for a second. Okay. Sounds like, you know, Matt said offshore and you and I both have our teams based in the Philippines. Can you just do like uh, a minute on why the Philippines work so well for, for you? Why the Philippines work so well, it is this. One... They have fantastic English. I think there's about 80 million people and most of them speak English. So there's more English speakers in the Philippines than Australia (laughs) or the UK than England, right? (laughs) Two, most of them are educated because it's considered the the way to to roll. So so many of them have university educations and formal training. Yes. Three, they're very uh, pleasant and uh, a service type nature so they're uh, they really want to please and do good work so i think they actually have quite a nice work ethic yes uh, as a culture they're very family oriented they have good values and uh, i mean they're, they're mostly a christian country uh, catholics so they have a, a lot of similarities to say us or australia or uk type culture mm. compared to a lot of other regions like India or Thailand, uh, you know, where there's... A, Syria, potentially. Uh, yeah. The virtual assistant market within the Islamic State is... The, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of... <laughs> Sorry, I don't even know where that came from. I was going to park that. Well, as soon there. as you start crossing major cultural gaps, you know, like if you go to the Philippines, you're going to see a lot of Western influence, a lot of American influence because they were there in the 40s, I yeah, think, and they, they established... Yeah. A lot of culture, everything from fast food through to movies. You can go and watch a, a movie in the cinema in English, and you know it's all very English centric. It's easy. It's easy if you're an English speaking country. Now, obviously, if you're down here in the Southern Hemisphere, the time zone thing really works for us as well. Ah, oh, they're two to three hours different from us. Yeah. Now, if you're in the US, uh, some of my clients have shared that some initial trickiness around, you know the day and night, you know, the kind of opposite yep. ends of the time zone. But that can be an advantage as well. When you give people a task and then you wake up in the morning and it's done, it can be really nice. Golden rule is it's ideal if you have about three hours of crossover. Of overlap, exactly right. And now, you will find people in the Philippines are pretty flexible. A lot of them yep. work US hours in call centers from midnight yep. till 6 or 7 in the morning. The great thing is that, you know, bulk of the people in my team were employed by American companies doing call center type work. So the highly trained, used to speaking perfect American English and they, they've, you know, they've had good, good cultural awareness. The other great thing is that the wage rates are significantly lower than Western countries. Yeah. I think it was Tim Ferriss said, you know, amazing things happen when you get paid in dollars. You can live on pesos and yeah, yeah, you compensate your team in rupees. So this is a little bit like that. 
Yeah, except that I pay my team in pesos. I know. Well, that's because you shut up. Let's just move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but back to I, I mean, they get a lot more Matt. pesos, of course. They totally do. Um, and I and I do it. And someone might think, why would I pay them in pesos? Because it's their currency, and they don't have to be a currency trader, and they get the money in their account nice and early. So it's just making life easier. Yeah. Right. So that's some of the reasons why you might consider the Philippines as a labor market. That's good. Now, you said that there were kind of two frameworks that Matt, mm. one was team building, the other was what? Simplifying hmm. the business model. I mean, basically, you get too complex, you're going to just, just come unstuck. Hmm. And wow, how, how often is this a recurring theme of our episode, simplifying? Totally. I mean, I can give you a very simple example of this. I'm just about to head off to an event and I'm watching people in the Facebook group talking about preparing for the event and traveling. Gotcha. And one person said, oh, you know, I think I win the Light Packer Award. And I said, oh, well done. You know, it's hard to beat Carry On. And she goes, oh, you're carrying on for a week-long event? <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, so <laughs> if, you, if you check in luggage, you're not winning the Light Packing Award. But then I'm seeing the theme of a lot of these threads. It's like, oh, I want to make sure I got all the things that I used to, used to at home. I'm like, you're not freaking moving house. Why are you overcomplicating this? Yeah, what do you really need? Like, it's hot. Apart from a T-shirt, some undies, some shorts, flip-flops and and swimmers, what else could you possibly need for a week, right? So, so many people complicate stuff. I bet you some of these people, they will take the equivalent of a portable refrigerator-sized bag. They'll pay excess baggage. They'll put their back out carrying the thing on and off the conveyor belts. They may lose it for a few days and have to buy clothes from the resort. God help them. Uh, they won't use 90% of the stuff in the bag and then they'll take yep. it all home again. So they're just adding baggage to their life that's not necessary. So we've done the equivalent here of just unpacking just to get down to the simple stuff. Love that. That's How's that for a metaphor? You like that? Great metaphor. Yeah, and the truth is, like, if you think about that baggage metaphor, that's exactly what most people do with their business. They they do all of the stuff. With every part of their life. Right. Everything they do will be complicated as crap, and that's why they're such a low-performance business machine because they're, doing, they're applying the same complexity to everything they do. Yeah, what if it, what if, sim, yeah, what if, how did I simplify? It was kind of the only framework could use to run every part of your business. It'd be epic. Less but better, straight from yeah. the essentialism book. Okay, so basically remove back and forth from business models and, and directions to have less things, less moving parts, get rid of the, the poor customer's selection, simplify, you know, yep. refine who you're talking to, who's the right customer, the right fit customer, and just deal with them and drop mm. everything else off. You'll see big companies do this. I got a notice from Google today they're dropping their page speed service. But in the past, they've also dropped uh, Google Wave and Google Buzz. They do this. Th- Maybe Google Plus is next. <laughs> I don't think they'd be prepared to admit it, but it does suck. So uh, <laughs> what they do is they drop baggage when it's no longer right for them. Because think about having a whole manager of Google Buzz or Google Wave, if they were still on the payroll now. Or Remember they had Google Video and they bought YouTube? They just dropped Google Video. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, of You've course. got to let some stuff go to make your life easier. You've got to shed some skin. Shed some skin. Have, so you basically got back to one brand, one centralized system, stronger customers, and he's basically reduced his mental workload so that he can actually have this whole burden just like lifted off his head, 
moved away and just vaporized. <laughs> Gone. That's all. That's epic. Yeah, dude. Yeah, nothing further to add. I think I think it's you know, team. You can't you can't scale. You, know, you can't scale up big doing it all yourself. That's kind of the obvious thing. So you know, team is essential. Number two, you can't do everything well. So you've got to pair back. And so he's kind of leveraged himself through other people and then simplified his business so that then he can multiply it out. I love that. Exactly. And uh, I remember reading from Eli Goldratt in Theory of Constraints. He's got this idea called yeah. uh, inherent simplicity. And what was it called? What the thing or the the author or the book? <laughs> yeah, the thing. Eli Goldratt. Yeah. Theory constraints. I think the book's called The Goal. What's the uh, What's the thing? Inherent simplicity. Tell me about that. The more complex a system is, the easier it is to get a big result from by fixing it. Hmm. Like I'd use this example of a car, a complex system, right? It's got fluids and electrical currents and metal and plastic and rubber and batteries and engines and oil and petrol and like God knows what else, right? Leather. It's extremely complex. Mm. But you can infect it, it basically it can impact the entire machine by running it into a brick wall. <laughs> a, a very simple change can impact the entire machine. Or you just unscrew the battery terminal, the entire machine stops working. So you can impact big systems by just making um, you know, a change. You can change the entire system. So you start, basically you just decide, okay, we don't want these customers anymore. We're going to move our team and we're going to have one brand. Whoa, the entire machine is massively impacted. So results from this. Totally. I love that. Less complaints. Yeah, it talks about the, the outcomes. Uh, simpler branding to get your head around so he doesn't have to worry about who they are and who they deal with. He's dropped his payroll costs significantly. I bet. He's um, working only with the right customers. So he's basically picked his part of the market and he's got frameworks that now work across the board instead of having to try and customize. That's the killer with services, by the way, if you have to customize stuff. It's so difficult. Mm. Less customization, more frameworks, excellent outcome. Love that. So he's got really nice viable recurring customers who fit, they're the right fit. So let's break this down. It sounds like, you know, going from complexity to simplicity, you know, just keeping things as simple as he could is, you know, has really been massive for him. Exactly. So to keep things simple, you basically get the right team, get the right customers. And make the right offer, really. Like he's kind of simplified his offers down too as well. It's perfect. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let's bust it down. Uh, if we wanted to make this kind of practical, uh, you know, one, two, three, what would the steps be? <laughs> we need a sound effect for the bust down section because we do reference that a lot. Ready for the bust down. <laughs> All right. So if you're going to build a service to business like out. Matt has, you've got to really think about the customer that you want to attract. A pause. Uh, do you remember that old song, Bust to Move? Yeah. I reckon that's our theme song for this little for the bust down section. I was all over that song before it became popular. <laughs> You've always been a trendsetter to me in the hip hop arena, James. <laughs> now it was in that movie, Uncle Buck. How oh, was it? Yep, it was in a, it was in a scene in Uncle Buck. I heard the song. I'm like, what is that? Have to have it. Uh, and I went out. I'm hunting down Young MC. I looked in the credits. And it wasn't popular yet, and then it hit the airwaves later. And I'm like, yeah. That's so dope. I'm all. Can you, can you, I don't know that song, but I know his other one. Bust out some lyrics for us. Yo, yo, my name is Young MC. I like to ram like 
spell. You just hit me on the mic. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Anyway, I've forgotten it all now. Uh, it was pretty good back in the 80s. <laughs> Dude, this episode even has rap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to take this one over. I got nothing compared to that. Okay, so uh, somewhere, somewhere in there was customer selection. Sorry. Yeah, part one. Yeah, set out set out some um, basic pricing. Uh, we always talk about packaging. It's a John Rillo thing from built to sell, but yep. it's something I've been doing well before I heard him write about it. You should package services. So a pricing matrix or schedule helps you understand who your right fit customers are. Get your brand strategy online so that you know what position you take and stick to it. Like just make it consistent. Step B. When you're looking for roles, just make sure that you've got the right people in the right country with the correct training, that they can cover the correct hours, that you are able to keep adding to scale. Step C, don't compromise on massive taking on the wrong customer. Uh, I fired a client this week. Like they'll burn. Yeah, of course they will. They'll burn a company to the ground. If, if you give the wrong customer, an opportunity to buy your product and then they're not happy with it. They can really take you down with social media, with gripes and complaints, with legal action or just drain you with you know, sucking up inordinate amounts of support. Occasionally, one will slip through the net. One strategy we do that protects us a little bit from this is we do a very low fee, like a $20 website check. Mm. And I mention this because it's the same sort of market as Matt. And this $20 is fantastic because it qualifies someone. In fact, I coined, coined this first version of this report sitting in the room next to you at I Love Marketing in Phoenix many years ago. Mm. That's when it started, when we're talking about how could we give a customer the dream experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how could we only get the right customer? So we do this report and at the end of the report, we say, well, this is what we can help you with or oh, we don't think we can help you. Here's your $20 back. And uh, if you do buy something, we'll give you $20 credit. Yeah. So it's pretty much no risk. Yeah, but a $20 hurdle is, you know, is all the hurdle that a tire kicker needs to not waste your time. Yeah, and we tested free versus $20. And the funny thing was no difference in actual conversions to sales only a difference on how many people ask for the report. Yeah. So it doesn't stop the buyers. It's just a nice little, uh, no. well, dare we say, tripwire. We may. We could totally dare. Say yeah. That. Yeah. It's, you know, the $20 customer can turn into a significant customer. So basically you want to screen and filter uh, your customers and only get the right ones popping through the system. Totally. Now, one of the things we've just done internally is we've, we've described, you know, we're talking about the right fit mm. client, you know, ideal client here. We've made a list of, what makes someone a right fit? So we kind of, who are our best customers? What do they all have in common? And then we put that into a scale and like, what's our worst client? And so now we've got some red flags that uh, anyone who's talking to a potential client or even an existing client can, you know, kind of score somebody based on are they a right fit or not based on the criteria that we've set up. It just kind of makes it really obvious. Like, we're looking for someone who's like this and this and this. Uh, but at the moment they're like that, that's a red flag. Let's be really careful. Yeah, and we've got one little uh, nice feature of the report we ask people if they want plain english or the technical version there's our first filter right there mm. because the one that wants the technical version is probably more our customer that's interesting the plain english one's going to need a lot more education uh, a lot more yeah and some exactly hand which is fine and we're cool with that just saying in case you ever want the plain english 
It just gives us a clue. Dude, I was just thinking, oh, crap, let it be the plain English because I'd pick the plain English. I'm not, I don't need- You would pick the plain English, but if you were dealing with an agency, they'd be ticking the technical. And now we've got the sell-through, not the end user. You hear me? So we were talking about that in the, in the previous episode. So Yeah, I love that. Thank you for picking up what I put down yeah. then. I'm picking up what you put down. So when it comes down to it, let's talk about how Matt got onto this. How did he, how did yep. he find out about this? He's been listening to this podcast. Thanks for putting it down so clearly. It's the second time we've heard this now. Podcast is, is working for – imagine yeah. that a free podcast – yeah. Is getting great results. Yeah, it's helping people kind of scale up their business. It's awesome. He also has been to Taki's Million Dollar Coach Intensive Session and he listens to me religiously. Yep. Well, I think that's the best way to listen to you. Yeah, always religiously. Especially when you rap. You're like Reverend Run from Run DMC. I should listen to you rap. I've got a little scope for improvement on my rapping. I'm about as good a rapper as you are a surfer. <laughs> Dude, I think, I think you're a better rapper than I am a surfer because <laughs> I don't know about that. I think the mix of you two is powerful frameworks with great interpretation. And he really uses some of these frameworks discussions with his own customers. So he's taking this and passing the baton down. He said it's really important to listen to what I write in the forum, what James writes in the forum uh, with the real-time business advice to members because he's just enjoying seeing the responses when people ask things and then I answer them. He loves the podcasts and the masterminds, but he loves the personal attention. And here's my favorite part, especially when he takes the time to give me a slap, like when he said to get a mirror, take a look at who is responsible for making myself better. I know it was a little bit of tough love, but there's some truth in that. Check out a mirror. The person staring back at you is the person going to get you where you need yeah. to get to. Like, yes, Taki's going to give you some good tips and I'm going to give you some help and support along the way, but we can't do it without you. Yeah. A mate of mine used to say you can't pay someone else to do your push-ups for you. It's like surfing, really hard to outsource. Yeah. <laughs> you got to paddle into the wave yourself. Although in Hawaii where I first learned to surf and thought I was awesome – a big islander dude kind of found me the perfect wave and just kind of pushed me on it and said stand and, and pretty much he surfed. I mean, I, I got the glory, but I couldn't. But you, you weren't sitting on the beach watching yourself where you had to be there. That's true. That's totally true. It's good. So you can actually stand on a board. Yeah, in Hawaii. I, <laughs> I went that to Narrabeen with uh, Christo and I sucked so bad. It's, I've never been as good as I was that day. Oh, I've done the, uh, the gone to Narrabeen with Christo and sucked bad days as well. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh, man. Dude, this is great. I think there's a whole bunch of applications here for people, particularly around, you know, simplification. And so, the, you know, the one question I'd ask people is, you know, what, what in your world right now is too complicated? You know, is it your team structure? Is it your product line? Are you working, you know, trying to offer too many things to too many different kinds of people? Where's the complexity and how can you, you know, just press the simple button again? Yeah, maybe you need the airline to lose your baggage and just go and buy only the things you need yep. and start again. Dude, it's completely true. You're... Uh, you know, we've gone to the States a couple of times together and, you know, at the airport, you're there with your, your, your check-in bag. It's like, dude, you're going to travel for a week with that? I'm like, yep. And you do it, you know, with style. It's good. And I'm not burning energy thinking about all the possible things I might have to wear tonight for dinner because when I've only got two T-shirts, there ain't much choice about it. Yeah. You can have that one or the other one. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well done, mate. All right. Great case study. Yes. Uh, thanks for busting out episode two, we, uh, episode 2022. Uh, we busted that big time. We seriously did. And you busted a move. By the way, <laughs> editor, uh, what's the editor's name? T-Tai. T-Tai, can you please get James rapping and make that be the intro, please? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some MC Young background to just balance me out. 
lift me, oh, lift me upon the wings of of a genius or something. Mate, as long as he drops Young MC out right when you're at your peak, that'll be yours. <laughs> All right, take care. All right, mate. Thanks for a great episode. Talk to you in a week or two. See ya. You're listening to SMP with James Franco and Talkie Moore. Visit salesmarketingprofit.com. 